Father, there are so many different things that vie for our attention. I pray that you would captivate us with your love. That you would, you would encourage us with the relationship that you're offering to us. That, that you would give us a vision of, of what more we can experience, how we can go deeper with you, and, and the difference that that can make in our own families, in our church, and in this community around us, and to the ends of the earth. God, we invite your Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts through your word and through these stories of individual experiences with you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. It didn't take long when I first met Leah for me to realize that I liked her a lot. You know, she was the one who initiated the conversation where she said, you know, I think she knew how much I liked her. She said, let's sit down and talk about this. So we went to a park, and I remember as we were sitting there talking together about our relationship, and should we take it to the next level? And I was, I was all on board with that. Let's do that. Next level sounds great. She said, you know, there's one thing that really matters to me. It's not about the gifts. It's not about the things that you do for me. But it's the time that we spend together. So what do you think went through this 20-year-old boy's mind? Time with a girl? Are you serious? This girl that I really like, that I really think is really beautiful, I have to spend time with her? No, that's the last thing on my mind. I said, yeah, that's exactly why. I mean, yeah, I'm all in. Let's do it. How do we spend more time together? I was all about it. And just two years later, when we got married, then it's, can you imagine? In fact, I had friends that when I got engaged, they were saying to me, you're going to get married? You're only 22. Are you crazy? You're throwing away your life. (laughs) I was like looking at them. I'm like, you're crazy. Do you know that I'm going to get to live with my best friend now? That we get to spend time together all the time? They're like, yeah, that's the thing. You're not going to be able to hang out with the guys as much anymore. Are you serious? I want to hang out with her. I want to live with her. I want to be with her. And then you fast forward a few more years and something else changed. We've been longing for a family. We've been longing for kids. And then you have two kids. And it's incredible. Now, I remember that one person in particular told Leah, do you know you're not even going to have time to shower, let alone to do whatever it was that she was talking about? And we thought, ah, that's crazy. Time gets... uh, changed when you have kids. Suddenly you realize that that there are not enough minutes in the day, and it is wonderful. You know, who in the world would think that, uh, I have another friend actually who's here today who says, you know, why would anybody want to have little human beings that seems crazy (laughs) and have to take care of them and have to watch out for them? But the reality is, It's the most delightful thing ever. I wouldn't trade anything for the time that I have with Abby and Livy. When we go to bed at night, you know, when we're crawling into bed, it's like, let's look at some pictures of Abby and Livy on our phone. Let's look at the video. Did you see what they're doing today? We're exhausted from the time that has gone into it, the effort that has been expent in, in that relationship. And it is the most fulfilling thing in the world. And Paul, Paul who at one point in time, really thought that he was taking things seriously with God, who was doing everything possible to memorize scripture, to get to 
to know God and to be zealous for what he thought was true religion. Paul says this in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 7. He says, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. He's looking at this friendship with Jesus. He's looking at this person, Jesus, and he says, you know, there were things in my life that I valued that now I suddenly realize those things are loss in comparison to knowing Christ. In fact, there are things where I used to spend my time, areas where my time used to go that now I realize compared to spending this with Jesus, compared to getting to know Jesus, it's actually loss. And you know, there's a reality in relationships. So in my relationship with Leah, in my relationship with the girls, if I decide, hey, it's me time. I'm going to go do what I want to do. And I take a large portion of time for me, myself, and I, it's going to affect the relationship. But the more that I fall radically in love with my wife and my girls, the more that that time I'm going to want to give more and more of it, I'm going to want to build that relationship. This, I believe, is what's overflowing from Paul's heart. Now, where is Paul writing from right now? Philippians. You know where Philippians is written from? Prison. He's sitting in jail. And notice what he goes on to say. He says, yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish or garbage or dung that I may gain Christ. You catch that? He says, I count everything as, as lost for the excellence, the, the, the supremacy, the, the beauty of the knowledge, knowing about this person, this friend named Jesus. I would gladly give more. He's in prison. He's got nothing left. He goes on to say, I've suffered the loss of all things, but I count them as trash. The Greek word there is literally made from three different words. It's to throw something to the dogs, basically, is what it is. Whatever you throw to, and, and the dogs weren't looked on very well at that point in time, it's, it's the garbage that you would throw to that dog that's walking down the street. Garbage, rubbish, dung. Compared to knowing Jesus, in order to gain Jesus, that I might gain Jesus, I count some things in my life to be a loss. Things that before were positive to me, things that before I invested in, things that before were meaningful to me, now I realize they're not that important anymore. And you know, when you sit there holding two babies, you realize that you didn't need as much time to do those things that you thought were so important before because it is so fulfilling. It is so enriching to your heart. But 2022 is coming. And like Lee and I are thinking about this, we're going to have another baby. We've had two together at once and now we have a third. And it's going to be incredible. It's going to be wonderful. And I realize that I need to recognize that there are things in my life that are lost compared to that relationship with that new little baby boy. There's going to be, I'm going to have to find more time to trim in my life. More, more ways to focus in on the relationships that matter. And that will make 2022 a happy year. And it will be so fulfilling that I won't even recognize that there was any sacrifice in the process. Sometimes when we talk about getting to know God, it sounds like we're sacrificing something. It sounds like we're giving up something. But when you love somebody with all your heart, you're not giving up anything. <laughs> you're only gaining. And this is what Paul is desperately trying to get us to grasp. And so for my 2022, here's, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking what Jesus said. When somebody came to him and asked him what his priorities were, 
Asked him, what is the greatest commandment, Jesus? What's the most important thing? What did he say first? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Give, give God your all. So that's got to be number one in 2022. For me, I realize that's got to come above yard work. That's got to become above anything else in my life. That's even got to come above my family. But you realize something, that when you give your entire heart to God, He's never going to sacrifice your own family. He's never going to sacrifice the relationships in your life. He's going to enrich those relationships and make them better. So number two is family. Number two for me, I realized in 2022, I've got to put family next in my priorities. Sorry, church, I love you and you're my church family, but that's not quite the same as my immediate family. But number three for me is ministry. And you can put there to love people. Love people to Jesus. That's really the three priorities that we're given. Because the second thing that Jesus said, he said the second commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two, hang all the law and the prophets. You're not going to miss anything if you get loving God with all your heart and loving people with all your heart. This is what sums it all up. Yes, all of the rest is important because it leads us to these two supreme things, which is really one thing, and that is love. So number four is everything else. That's the yard. And I got to do a little bit better on our yard this year. If you went and looked at it, I'd be embarrassed if you looked at our backyard. I'm not the best at that, but I'd rather spend time with my girls. I'd rather spend time with my wife, and I need time with Jesus every day. And so as I enter into 2022, I'm just telling you what's going on in my own heart. I want to figure out how to capture what Paul had, to say, I consider everything else loss in comparison to knowing Jesus. And there's some practical things for me this year. Uh, one, one for me recently is the news. So I, I gather that, that I find out very quickly what is happening in the world because people quickly tell me I go up onto our, our ministry Facebook pages for, for Templeton Hills or I go somewhere and quickly I find out what's happening in the world. And this is just me personally. I'm not saying what you have to do for you in your life and your own experience. But for me, I realized something. I'm going to find out enough, and I can go and I can research it. I can find it out when an important event happens. And so for me, I'm not going to be going to websites. I don't have a TV at home to watch the news, but I'm not going to be going to a website to just browse the news and try to find out what's going on in the world. To me, that's loss in the end. It's time that could be there for Jesus. I won't go into a lot of details, but there's other areas similar to that in my life. Like, I'm not going to be scrolling on, on Facebook or Twitter. And I'm not saying that if that's your experience, that, that God can't work through what you're doing in your own life. But, but my simple appeal to us today is to make first things first. To recognize that everything else is loss in comparison to knowing Jesus. And, and that's a positive because this relationship is so incredibly enriching and fulfilling and satisfying. So I want to invite you to one particular thing that I'm going to, to be doing in, in 2022. And that is I'm going to be reading through the Bible with a reading plan that I've used for about a decade now, for most of the, the past decade, the Machine Bible reading plan. It goes through the Old Testament once, it goes through the Psalms twice, and the New Testament twice during the year. 
And if you'd like to join me in that, there's, there's a Bible app that actually enables you to, to uh, join as a group, and then you can comment. And, and a number of you have been doing that with me already, but if anybody else wants to join, you can point your, your camera to that if you have a smartphone, and it will direct you to the website. You can text 2022 to that, our church phone number, and it'll send you a link for it, or you can just go to that website, and it will enable you to join in this experience of seeking Jesus. My goal is going to be going through the Bible plan to find Jesus each and every day, to recognize the incredible calling that he has placed upon our lives. It's revealed throughout the pages of Scripture and the incredible love that he has given to us. That's one area for me. I'm also going to be working on scripture memorization this year, but I just want to encourage you to practically think of how can I build into my life things that will help me get to know Jesus better. But as Leah and I were talking about this last week, she said, you know, let's give lots of practical ideas for people and their personal walk with Jesus. Let's give them lots of different uh, ways that they can enhance their relationship with Jesus. And then we started talking about our own family and she was listing through the people in our family And there's some people in our family who say, reading plans, well, I'll let you say what they'll let you hear what they have to say about that. Um, There's some people in our families who do various uh, different ways that they have of connecting with Jesus. And I think that this is evident throughout scriptures. You see that God shows up and he writes through poetry through some prophets. He writes through wisdom literature. He writes through stories. He, He sends the prophets in various ways to reach people. And when Jesus came to fishermen, he says, I'm going to make you a fisherman. To businessmen, he says, go and sell all that you have. He was approaching people where they were at and helping them to come encounter with a personal God of love. So I wanted to invite my nephew, Sean, up first to come up and just tell us a little bit about his own experience with Jesus. So I'm excited that, that um, my brother Tyson and his wife Sheena Lynn, uh, how they raise their kids to get to know Jesus. So Sean, just tell me, do you spend time with Jesus every day? Yeah. Hold the mic up. What was that? Do you spend time yeah. with Jesus every day? Yeah. Well, tell me, what do you do? What do you do to well, spend time with Jesus? I have a devotional book I read, and then I usually memorize like a chapter or something, and then read the chapter. Ah, so like, you memorize a chapter every day? We'll work on it. You work on memorizing a chapter. Okay, very good. And then you read every day. Yeah, and then and, I pray. And you read the devotional book. Yeah. And then you pray. That's awesome. Do you do anything else in your, your time with God? That's about it. Okay. What do you find most exciting about, or, or what, what recently has been something that you really enjoyed that, that, that you read, or that something that was exciting, or you want to tell us one of your memory verses? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Any stories that you've read recently in the Bible that you really liked? Um... I'm putting him on the spot. I went to Sermon on the Mount recently. The Sermon on the Mount. That's incredible. The teachings there. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Mm -hmm. That's an amazing, amazing thing. Awesome. Anything else you want to say to encourage everybody? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thank you, Sean. (laughs) So you can never be too young to start spending time with Jesus. Um, But I wanted to invite um, Sheena Lynn and Tyson to come up. I don't know who wants to come first and share a little bit more of their own personal experience and the things that are meaningful to them. So I've had a habit uh, for a lot of years of starting to read, um, read through the Bible. You know, uh, read through the Bible in a year, that's an attractive idea, right? And usually I get somewhere around February or March, and I hit Leviticus, and that's when I abandon ship. Because... <laughs> That gets really difficult. And, 
But I still, I still like the concept of reading the Bible through the year. And I think I have discovered uh, some secret sauce in order to, to do that. And this is what it is. So I have an app on my phone, and it's called Dwell. And I don't know if some of you may have heard of that. Some of you may even have it. Um, but they keep improving it all the time. And here's one of the problems that I always ran into. In, in, I would try to read the Bible through. And reading the Bible through is difficult for me because I have ADD. And within a few verses, I start looking around. Hey, is that a squirrel over there? You know, it's, something happens that distracts me. And then before long, I've been there, you know, half an hour, an hour, and I really haven't gotten that much read, and I've had a hard time focusing. Uh, so then the Dwell app came along where they read the Bible to you, and I thought, well, that's perfect. That's, that's what I need. If someone read the Bible to me, then I can just kind of concentrate on it. Well, my mind still wonders when I listen to someone reading the Bible. However... They figured that out. And so now, Dwell has something where you can both listen to the Bible read to you and read along with it. Let me demonstrate. So here we have, um, this is Genesis chapter 1. And I'll turn it up. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. So if you could see that, hopefully, um, it basically scrolls through the verses as it's reading to you, and it has a little nice background music. So for me, that actually is perfect to keep me focused on what I'm reading and to kind of move me through it at a pace where I don't lose focus and get distracted. So if it works for you, try it. Um, also, I'm a big fan of reading a proverb of the day, right? So if it's the the first day of January, I read Proverbs chapter 1. If it's the 30th day of January, I read uh, Proverbs chapter 30. Um, I really like that book, and there's a lot of practical uh, wisdom there. But I want to say this. Whatever you do with practical Bible reading, make sure that even if you're, you're trying to attain a goal of reading through you know, the Bible or whatever it is, make sure you slow down at some point and actually take time to just absorb some portion of scripture, even if it's just one verse or something like that, because sometimes you can, it's nice to get a big overview forest kind of perspective of the whole Bible. And that's what I like about reading through it quickly. But also sometimes you need to focus in on those trees. But I wanted to say this, and that is, why do we do this? And, and that's, I think that our motivation and purpose for reading the Bible, we have to have that picture in our minds in order to really uh, understand why we're doing it. And it's because God is just absolutely crazy about being with us. You know, we think about at Christmas time, we say that God said his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. In the book of John, it talks about the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And you see throughout scripture that God's just incredible, passionate desire is that he wants to be with us. And he's given us his Holy Spirit to be with us and to live in our hearts forever and ever, permanently. And then we get to the end of the Bible in Revelation, and we see in Revelation 21.3 where it says that God will dwell with his people. He will be their God, and they will be his people. That is the ultimate goal of what God wants. He just 
wants to be with us. And I think if we are inspired by that as our reason for reading the Bible, it's not to you know, get some kind of points or to accomplish a certain plan or to do any of these things. It's just to spend time with God because he wants so badly to spend time with us. When our, bo- <clears throat> Excuse me. When our boys were little, I, Tyson was in law school, and I was busy taking care of little ones. I think we, Daniel was probably four, and Sean was about a year old at the time. And I've always liked to spend time with Jesus in the morning, and I would generally just get up and spend quiet time. Well, a girlfriend um, that lived nearby, she said, let's go for a walk. And we were trying to figure out a time that we could go for a walk together and pray together. Well, we finally settled on the only time that we could both make it work was 5 o'clock in the morning. So at first I was like, really? 5 o'clock? I don't think I can manage this. This is going to be way too exhausting, right? I have little ones. I just, I don't think I can manage this, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to try it. And so I got up and I started going for a walk with her every morning. And I discovered that getting outside early in the morning and spending time with God was so refreshing. And it really started my day out right. And I have to say that is the one thing, like I've changed what I do as far as my reading plan fairly regularly. I'm reading slowly through and I'm not very good at reading through quickly the whole Bible in a year. Um, I tend to take a long time because I read a bit and think about it and pray about it and it takes me a long time to get through. But the thing that I keep coming back to ever since my boys were little is those early morning prayer walks. And through the years, I've spent time praying with a lot of different girlfriends on the phone. Occasionally, it's with people in person. Most often, it's been over the phone. Most often, recently, I've been just walking and praying by myself. But I find that if I get out of bed and I get outside and I get that fresh air and talk to God, it wakes me up. And then I can come back and concentrate to read because I can't otherwise. So it makes a big difference for me. I don't know that that works for everybody, but that has been the one thing that I just kind of consistently come back to over and over. And sometimes I get out of the habit and then I'm like, you know what? I'm really missing that. I got to get back out to there. So that's been a huge blessing to me. Something that's made a difference. And maybe it's a different time of day that works for you. That's, I generally have tried to be home before the kids wake up. So that's why I go out really early because it's the only time that I can be assured that it's quiet and yeah. It's not bothering Tyson because he's busy with work or whatever, so I know that I'm back before everyone wakes up. Now the kids are old enough, I can go a little bit later, but I still cherish those morning hours. Precious time to be with Jesus, to talk to him, to talk out loud, because I'm walking outside where it's quiet and there's not many people around usually, and it keeps me active too to notice who my neighbors are, and I can pray for them while I'm walking. So that's been a really big blessing too. And the other thing I wanted to share is just this, that God has grace for our journeys, especially... There's some young moms here. I know that as my kids were really little and I would get woken up in the middle of the night and sometimes I'd wake up late and I'd miss that time with the Lord. I couldn't always get that five o'clock walk time in or whatever it was. And I would feel like, oh, I've missed my time with God. And God has shown me that I can have time with him all throughout the day. It doesn't always have to be just the morning, early morning hours. There was a verse that I found, I'll let Zach put it up. I found this verse when our daughter was just a baby and I was up in the middle of the night nursing often and it just really spoke to my heart. Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who serve by night in the house of the Lord. Does that sound familiar? Any young moms or maybe older people who are awake in the middle of the night, lift up your hands to the sanctuary and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. And I just, that spoke to me so much. I was like, thank you, Lord. You recognize when I'm up in the middle of the night. I'm exhausted, and you're still with me. And you call me to just rest in your presence right now. So whatever season of life you're in, whether it's early mornings, whether it's later in the day, 
if it's middle of the night with an infant or whatever it is, know that God is there with you and that he has grace for wherever we're at in our journey because our journey is going to be different and our space and our time with God is going to be different at many different points in our lives. And God understands that and he walks with us. And I think the the important thing is that we, um, one more, that we set our face toward the Lord, right? That that is our goal, our purpose, that our face is toward Jesus. Because as long as our face is toward him, God can work through all the ins and outs and ups and downs of our lives, as long as we keep our face toward him. Thank you for that. I mean, you see that there's lots of different ways. Going out for a walk and listening to God's voice. Uh, Taking time to listen. I love the Dwell app. Tyson actually gave it to me when it was first coming out. And I love listening to that too. And sometimes you need to switch it up from day to day in order to refresh your experience. But these are all practical ways. Uh, And I wanted to invite Leah to come up and share a little bit more. I did to spend time with God when I was about 16. It was the first time in my life where I actually tried to wake up in the morning, read the Bible for myself, pray for myself. Um, It was an awesome experience because it was the first time where I felt like, wow, the Bible is actually trying to talk to me. How cool is that? You know, maybe God has something he wants to tell me today. And through the years, as I've done a variety of things to help enhance my relationship with God, I've tried to remember just that. The Bible is God's voice talking to me. And that's really encouraging because sometimes no one else knows what you're going through. Sometimes no one else knows where you're at, but God does. And so he has a way of being able to talk just to you. And I remember early on, 15, 16, 17 years old, waking up in the morning and like so shocked that what I was reading actually was exactly what I needed for that day. And God has a way of doing that. You know, maybe you're feeling really discouraged and you just happen to read that verse that day. Maybe you're really struggling with something. Maybe you're trying to figure out what to do. God shows you and it's really awesome. But I'm super thankful for what my sister-in-law said um, because until I had my girls, I had made it a practice to read through the Bible each year. And actually the first time I did it, um, it was before iPhone and before you could use the app and all that. So I printed off this piece of paper that had about a thousand little check boxes. And every time you read a chapter, you could check it off. Well, it was my intention to read through in a year. It actually took me four years. So don't be discouraged if you're a little slow at that. Um, but I kept that little paper in my Bible and through the years it got really worn. And finally, about four years later, I finished it. And the next year I decided I want to do it again. So I went to the computer, printed off another one of those papers. And I think it was a little quicker that time. But gratefully, as smartphones came out, as many of you know, um, there's really awesome apps you can use that will help you find a Bible plan. You don't have to keep the paper anymore. It keeps track for you and it checks off the boxes. Well, I did that for years until I had my girls. And then I was going to have them in January and the end of the year was coming up. And I thought, you know... I don't want to put myself through the stress of feeling like I have to get up and read every day because I know some people told me I'm not even going to be able to get a shower, so I'm not going to worry about it. But do you know that year, I didn't have the accountability of the plan. I didn't have the tool that helped intentionally get me in the Bible. And so guess how much I read that year? Not a lot. I told Zach my prayer life dramatically increased when you have two infants and everything that goes on with that. Yeah, I probably prayed more that year than I've ever prayed in my life. But I didn't read that much. And you notice that if you're not spending time there, you start to lack. 
And so through the years, I've tried different things. I wanted to put on the screen for you, though, if you're looking for a plan, we're kind of all mentioning that. Um, you can go to your app store and just type in the word Bible. This is usually the first one that pops up. It's the YouVersion Bible app that's very popular. You can just click it. It's free to download. And it will take you to an app that looks something like this. Uh, it usually has a verse of the day. So if you're one of those people that you just need something quick, there's always a verse right there that you can read. Um, you can click it. You can read the whole chapter. But at the bottom, you'll see in the middle there, it has a place for plans. You can click plan. And you can type in find plan up at the top. And then this screen will pop up. And there are so many different plans. You know, maybe reading through the Bible is a little intimidating. Like I said, the first time it took me four years to go through it. Maybe you just want to read the New Testament this year. Maybe you want to just spend time in the Psalms. When I actually started spending time with God um, back in high school, the Psalms were the one thing I read every day. It seemed so practical. It seemed so I was able to connect with it. And that's sometimes all I read. And so if you're looking for one thing to read, there's plans to read you through the Psalms. There's plans to read you through the New Testament. And click to the next one. Uh, this year, the mom's Bible study that we do on Thursday here at the church, it's a group of young moms. We were talking about this, like how do we intentionally spend time getting to know God this year? They decided, we decided uh, together that we do want to read through the Bible. And so this app actually has an option of through the Bible. You can click that one. And again, through the years, I've done a chronological one. I've done one that's straight through. I've done one that has blended, like some New Testament, some Old Testament every day. We chose one together. And you can just click start plan. You can invite your friends. And already this morning, there were like four or five of us that have read. You can comment on there. And it's just a tool, again, to intentionally get you into God's word. I think that's what the point is. It's not another checklist of something to do. Um, but for me, I found the accountability really helpful. It gives me what to read. You don't have to think, what am I going to read this morning? It just tells you right there what to read. And what I found in my own experience is if you get there, if you open it, if you put yourself there, it gives God a chance to talk to you. The Bible is God's voice talking to us what we need for today. And so if you want that experience, maybe a plan is helpful for you just to put you there. And like Matt always says at the farm, if you show up, God shows up too. I'm thankful that there are so many different tools. Um, I want to invite my dad to come up. The GC ministerial team has really focused on that over the last, what has it been, 12 years or something like that, focused on developing resources to help us in our, our personal walk with God. Happy New Year, everybody. It's beautiful. I tell you, there's nothing better than having your family sharing how they're talking to Jesus, you know, so we can all try to help those around us do that. Jan and I, of course, have gone the world around telling people, leaders. Hey, we need to spend time every day. Why is that? Because leaders get really busy, and we know the Bible, and we know the spirit prophecy. We've been there, so we, we get to rushing off to do God's work and don't spend the time. So one of the most important things I've discovered in my life is to try to beat distractions back and actually get to bed a little earlier, eat a little better at night, a little lighter or something. So in the morning, I will wake up early and then that quiet time before the distractions grab me is so important to me. And God really speaks to me in that time. 
if I wait and get up a little later, uh, you know, there's people all over the world are east of me. <laughs> and so they're up and wanting this and that, and you know, so I can get drawn into that, or I start thinking about these other things. So I, the earlier I get up, the better it is for me, really. And so I need to, this year, really go back to making sure that happens for me. It's true, at the GC we have developed some plans, revivalandreformation.org. You've got a, a bookmark this day. Um, Melody Mason, we've had her for the last five, six years working half-time, developing some of the best resources in prayer or Bible study or Holy Spirit, all those areas. And so if you go on the website, there's just a, hundreds and hundreds of resources that could help you in your spiritual life this year. We have a reading plan, Believe He's Prophets, and we'll send you out an email every day if you sign up for that, and so you get the next chapter. And there are people in all languages around the world reading this at the same time. We have a Bible blog that Cindy Touche, used to work with youth and work for the White Estate, has gotten some of the best people around the world to do a little short blog afterwards, and then uh, sometimes there's good discussion afterwards. But it's a little discussion of each chapter. So you can move from Genesis 1, starts again on, on January 14, and go through the whole with the whole world. And uh, it's kind of neat to pray with that many different people about the same scriptures around the world. But again, it's not for everybody. And I've, we've gone through it four times now, and I'm, I only do it once in a while. <laughs> Up pops my email. But if it comes to your box every day, and there's a Spirit of Prophecy chapter 2, that comes up, and once a week we send a United in Prayer uh, story uh, that Melody's found somewhere in the world that United Prayer is praying a, a miracle that's happened. It's really beautiful, too. So just those kind of resources might be helpful to you. Um, I guess one of the big things that, as much as Jan and I have talked about devotional life and all, and we've left some of our handouts in the back again. I see they're mostly gone already, so we'll bring some more next week. We've gathered one our handout of 70 pages of just neat things God, God's people over the years have discovered. It's really just different resources uh, stapled together. So you, if that's helpful to you, it can be in a lot of ways. But um, as much as we do that, it's still easy for your own walk to get dry sometimes, isn't it? And so I've been thinking lately, am I getting a little dry at times? I'm thankful. I, I journal periodically all the things God's doing and as I said in Sabbath school, usually the 1st of January, I try to sit down with my journal. I only write maybe once a week or two weeks or something, some of the neat things God's done. But when I sit down on January 1 and make a little summary sheet, several pages of everything God did during the year, little lines, it's just amazing. It sends me just praising because I forget so much. You know, I forget all that providence where he saved me at the last minute in this meeting I wasn't ready for whatever. So I like doing that as well. But I wanted to just put up a statement. As lately as I've been thinking about my prayer life again, I really think one of the big problems in my life that leaves me kind of dry and not really wanting to pray is focusing too much on myself. And uh, this talks, this statement, if you haven't read Steps to Christ again lately, that's a good way to start the year too. Powerful, powerful principles all through that book. But in uh, chapter, uh, this is in the chapter Growing, Growing in Christ, She says, um, when the mind dwells upon self, it's turned away from Jesus, the source of strength in life. (laughs) And my life is full of thinking about myself, I'm afraid. So she says, then it's Satan's constant effort to keep the attention diverted from Jesus and thus prevent the union and communion of the soul with Christ. The big thing about the worship is communion. Mark Finley, somebody asked him, Mark, how long do you pray? They were looking for, you know, the methods. How do you pray? And Mark answered back after thinking, he said, I pray till I have communion. (laughs) So it's not about how you pray, there isn't a right way to pray, but fellowship with Jesus. 
till you sense his presence, till you hear it from something from the word. Those are the things I need. So she then talks about four ways Satan tries to divert us from this communion with Jesus. Pleasures of the world. Yeah, maybe I need to cut back a little on news too, Zach. I heard you. And I think it's, it's the Spirit speaking to me. Uh, life's cares and perplexities and sorrows, uh, the things that we struggle with, the trials, the things that worry us in our lives. The faults of others. There's one that can take up your prayer time, <laughs> thinking about that person that irritates you so much. But here's the biggie for me, I think, and you might think I think I'm a pretty good guy, but you know the devil makes sure that I, I know I'm not and think about that a lot. Or your own faults and imperfections. To any or all of these, he'll seek to divert the mind. Um, you know, we should confess our sins, and part of my prayer life, I want to praise first, I want to thank God, I want to focus on Him, other-focused, I do that. Then I know I need to confess my sins specifically and ask God to give me repentance. I often get stuck there, <laughs> spinning around. You know, am I going to be saved? You know, what's happening? Why can't I get over this sin? And so, anyway, uh, it goes on from there to any of these he will seek to divert us. Diversions is a big thing. Like uh, somebody else said about our mind can think about squirrels or <laughs> some little thing we got to do today. Do not be misled by his devices. Many who are really conscientious and who desire to live for God, he too often leads to dwell upon their own faults and weaknesses. I won't ask for a show of hands here. <laughs> I see your hand. And thus by separating them from Christ, he hopes to gain the victory. Then the next paragraph is the answer. We should not make self the center and indulge anxiety and fear as to whether we shall be saved. How about that? But rather, all this turns the soul away from the source of our strength. Commit the keeping of your soul to God and trust in him. Talk and think of Jesus. Let self be lost in him. So I guess my secret sauce today that I'm going to ask you to pray for me this year, and I hope you'll do it too, is to be other-centered in my praying. Centered on God, first of all, lots of time reading the scriptures, thinking desire of ages, wherever I can see Jesus, realize that he's going to save me. Martin Luther once said, when I look at myself, I don't see how God can save me. But when I look at Jesus, I don't see how God won't save me. So first, I want a lot of Jesus, a lot of his promises in my life. Then when I turn to confession, I want to do it quick, claim the promise, and move on. I don't want to sit around and think about the negative, think about the sins. Rather than I want to ask God, how can I pray for others? How can I pray for places in this world that are in so much trouble? How can I pray for people in my church that, that need you? How can I pray for them? And let God, you know, he said he's limited himself in some ways to our prayers. He can do anything, but he's made prayer one of the rules. So we say to God, God today, who do you want me to pray for? How can I pray for them? And we become a part of the great controversy in opening up and unleashing God's power. So pray for me that I'll be other-centered in my praying and uh, think more about God, think more about others, and less about Jerry. So get a bookmark. Maybe look through that and see if God leads you to some things that could use, you could use there as well. So God bless you. Love you all. Let's pray for each other this year that we'll have real communion with Jesus every day. Amen. Talk and think of Jesus. Let self be lost in him. There's nothing better than that. Um, it sounds like a sacrifice, but it's the most delightful experience you can possibly have. And you know what? I saw something really cool at Sabbath school this morning that I had to share with you. Our kindergarten class wanted to, to pass something on to you uh, that they thought, or at least I think what they were singing, was important for your 2022. 
Relationship with Jesus changes everything. And Paul was able to say, I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as garbage that I may gain Jesus. Our kids are learning it. And I hope that we all recapture it this year. Maybe you've had an experience with God before. But remember, you're not giving up anything. He's the one who gave up absolutely everything to come to this tiny speck of a planet. He's the one who set aside his time to spend eternity with you. That's what Christmas is all about. Emmanuel, God with us. God in human flesh, who he said, I want to be with them, like my brother said. That's really what it's all about. When we recognize that it's about a relationship, that that there are relationships to be had, it, it makes the sacrifice so much easier that we don't even notice it because we count everything to be loss in comparison to the excellence, the wonder, the joy of knowing Jesus. So we invite you this year, do whatever it takes to get to know Jesus better for yourself. Take that time. If it helps to join me in this reading plan, you're welcome to join that. Watch the YouTube and get some of the other resources. If we went by them too fast, come talk to me, talk to somebody else. Lots of you in this church have amazing experiences with Jesus. Let's keep growing deeper with Jesus. How many of you want your friendship with Jesus to grow in 2022? I know that's my heart. I know that's your heart. Let's stand together and just ask him to make it a living reality for us in 2022. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. That... You don't stand far back from us, but you're the one who said, build them a sanctuary so that I can dwell among them. You're the one that is going to make this planet your sanctuary so that we can be with you forever. You're the one who, was, who came, Jesus, to be born in human flesh. Oh, help us to recapture the wonder, the joy, the, the delight that comes from a relationship with somebody who is so in love with us that you would give everything for us. Father, I pray for each individual here that they wouldn't walk out of the doors of this church without allowing you to give them a specific plan for action, a a, a direction for this coming year. Maybe there's things they need to set aside, things that they need to count as loss. Maybe they just need to build in a lot of things into their their daily experience to walk more closely with you than they ever have before. I don't know what it takes for each and every one of us, Father, but we pray that 2022 would be the year that we walk more closely with Jesus than ever, that our hearts are open more fully to your love. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.